Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. All right. Plenty to get to in this particular episode, and I wanted to start off by saying thank you again for listening to this show. Thank you for sharing it wherever you can. Thank you for contributing also with, again, the emails and the stories that you send my way. They certainly need to be brought up, and, uh, and I'm glad that I have this platform to be able to do that. And thank you also for those of you who contribute to the show monetarily to help keep this show going. I really do appreciate it. In this particular episode here, I have a great deal to go over, a lot of different subjects. Uh, But but as we all know, of course, it's generally in the exact same vein. I I have some education things that I want to bring up, uh, a couple of updates from a few stories that I brought up in the past, along with some new, new things that are taking place, of course. Uh, plenty of jab news also. I want to bring up some ivermectin related things too because I found a better website to purchase ivermectin. Uh, again, high milligram, remarkably cheap given the amount that they send you and it comes from the United States, which which is great. It's better than that Canadian site I think that I shared in a previous episode. Took a long time for it to show up and they didn't even send me everything that they were supposed to. Not to mention in that particular uh, PayPal exchange, which it was using PayPal to pay for it, uh, it ended up compromising a credit card that I have, which kind of sucked. And uh, yeah, that complicated the process to say the least. But this new ivermectin website that I have, I'm telling you straight up, it works and it shows up to your house immediately. I mean, it really is within just a few days after you place the order. So I'll go through that specifically as well. Uh, and then I want to wrap up with a few election-related things, too, because, again, the election's coming up here. And if you're anything like me, you're going to be voting on a fraudulent voting machine. Thank you for nothing, Dominion. And there you have it. Okay. I do want to start off with this here very briefly. Um, Hibbler Productions, H-I-B-B-E-L-E-R, is run by Sean Hibbler, and he makes excellent excellent videos, uh, just exquisite documentaries. They tend to be around an hour long. I, I think some of them might be a, just a little bit over that. Uh, a variety of subjects, earth being flat, not being a ball, um, all of the propaganda and lies associated with that. He made one on chemtrails. He's made one on vaccines. He's made a, a recent one here just the other day. It came out uh, just on Saturday. And it's titled Fluvid, F-L-U-V-I-D-19, Fluvid-19. It is fantastic, without a doubt. Again, it's an hour long. Um, he, He does a very good job of honing in on the lying aspect of what's been going on and the con game and how people were tricked. That's basically the focus of of his documentary here. Um, I have a link to it. It's on my BitChute channel. It's also on my Rumble channel. I highly recommend going there and watching it. Uh, As I was watching it, about halfway through, he uses a clip of me speaking at that board meeting, that school board meeting from just over a year ago. Unfortunately, below my name, though, it says Ryan Cole, Oxford University. And the clip before it is Dr. Ryan Cole talking, and then it shows me, and then again below the image of me, uh, and me talking about the D-dimer test, it, it just says Ryan Cole, Oxford University. So I reached out to him uh, via email, and I said, you might want to make the correction. I said, you got my name correct in the credits, and I'm, you know, I'm honored that you included me. You didn't even have to do that, but uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. But you might just want to get it correct in the body of the actual documentary itself. And again, he emailed me back. He was apologetic. He said, no problem. He said, I'm going to fix it. We'll re-upload it. I'll send you the link to the, to the new video, and, and there you go. So again, he thanked me for what I'm doing here, and, and that's it. And I thanked him back. I said, your, your videos wake up a lot of people, and they're absolutely fantastic. So keep up the great work, and, and there you go. So. Again, it's Fluvid19. I highly recommend it. And again, um, I'm sure it's on his website as well, Hibbler Productions, but I've, I've linked the actual video itself onto, uh, 
my BitChute channel and my Rumble channel, and you can watch the entire thing there for free. Okay, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, Education-related things. A quick update. Cicely from New Mexico sent this to me last week. The lady who was speaking at the, I believe, California school board meeting, where she was talking again about the drag queens and all of that ridiculous stuff, um, apparently has a Instagram account, a Telegram account, Twitter. She's on YouTube, apparently, Spotify, uh, and is in fact a homeschooling advocate and a homeschooling mother. Rooted Wings is the handle that the individual goes by, and their website is apparently campsite.bio slash Rooted Wings. So if you're interested in checking out her work, I highly recommend it. Clearly uh, clearly a homeschool advocate, without a doubt. They have a Becca here, video classroom and curriculum, K through 12, lots of different links, lots of different resources here. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, that's great. My wish, of course, is that these very individuals, when they speak in these school board meetings, that they actually talk about homeschooling. You see, that's one of the things I think that is really going to cause the entire house to collapse in a good way for us, is if people start using that public platform not to encourage these corrupt politicians to change their ways, because we know that they're not going to. But if they use the, that platform in that public avenue, where again, people are being videoed and everybody can see it and then it gets shared everywhere, that if they use that to advocate for homeschooling, that's going to wake up a lot of people. Because again, one of the larger handicaps, I would say, or I would, uh, you know, there's another way of putting it, but obstacles, so to speak, is that it's very difficult for the people who have been relying on the American K-12 brick and mortar system their entire lives, you know, generation after generation. And now they themselves have children. They can't for the life of them see another way. They just don't know that homeschooling is something that the child can do on their own in many cases. And as you've heard me say, if they can read, they can teach themselves. And if they can write, they can do the same. You know, th this this just continues to be the the major obstacle for, for many, many parents because they utilize the American K-12 school system as something for their child to do during the day while they themselves are either working or doing whatever it is that they're doing. But I think that's just the power of brainwashing. That right there is the power of the constant pressure that both society places on a number of individuals. And again, I think there's still that stigma in particular within neighborhoods or families or whatever it may be that homeschooling is just not something that you do and you don't turn your back on the American K-12 school system because if you do that, then you're going to lose friends or you're going to lose neighbors or they'll stop talking to you because they think that you're better than they are or whatever it may be. Again, and as you heard me say, even I think in the last episode, and certainly I make mention of it in the Substack, that this upcoming election matters for a variety of reasons, but not just that we're voting on fraudulent voting machines in many cases, but um, there are numerous individuals that are going to be voting for higher taxes. They're actually voting to give their money away to a school system that has no problem spending it. And they don't seem to think nor care that this levy money is actually coming out of their own pockets and their own mortgages. And it's, it just blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. But again, that's the power of brainwashing. But thankfully for this rooted wings individual, they, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, again, they're also on Substack. And yeah, they're doing a great job. So I applaud them for, for what they're doing. This is just one of those things, again, where I wish that individuals would utilize that particular platform if it's going to keep being used to, uh, to advocate for homeschooling while they are actually there. That would be a good thing. And then again, use the opportunity to meet with parents after the fact. You know, stand up to the microphone, desc describe who you are, 
speak directly to the board members if you want, but again, the people behind you are the ones that you really want to change their minds. You're not going to be able to change the board members' minds, but you can change the minds of the parents and the people who are in the room by giving them resources and a place to go. And that too, of course, is one of the reasons why they don't homeschool because they don't know where to start. They don't even know where, where to begin that particular journey. But again, as you've heard me say, I have yet to meet an individual who, who took that leap of faith and regrets it because no one regrets it. They don't. Removing yourself from these government institutions is the best solution moving forward, and it's going to continue to be. But I applaud them for what they're doing, and that's cool stuff. Okay, here's the next thing. This happened uh, last week, although I feel like this happened even a little further away than just last week. But the Uvalde superintendent has resigned. And I want to bring this up very quickly. Uh, You know, he's an easy target, and he was involved in this fraud where, of course, no one died. But, uh, and he's an old timer. I mean, he's an old guy, and he's a lifer. If you recall, this, you know, this Hal Harrell is his name. This guy grew up there, or so he says, grew up in the Texas area, um, was educated in the surrounding area, and then showed up into Uvalde and became a school teacher, worked his way up the ranks, so to speak, and then, you know, became the superintendent. So he should have stepped away a long time ago, but he was part of the fraud. So he had to see the fraud through. And I'm sure he's going to get a massive payout and a massive, uh, pension and, and all that stuff just to hit the road. But he's a purposeful target. They're using him to sort of, again, bring the story into the limelight. Uh, it just blows me away that people continue to think that this actually happened. But I just wanted to read a little bit of this here. This is from msn.com, and it says, Uvalde superintendent announces resignation following demands from shooting victims' families, of course. Again, he's an easy target. He's a scripted target. Um, This was bound to happen. Again, even the... (laughs) This is ridiculous. I'm so sorry. But, I mean, even the principal. Remember how the principal was suspended for like three days? I mean, that's unheard of. None of it makes sense because the entire thing was fake. That's all. It says, Hal Harrell, quote, the superintendent for the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District resigned Monday in response to demands of family members of victims of the Robb Elementary School shooting. It says that he announced his resignation in a statement posted to his wife's Facebook account, writing that his decision to retire, quote, has not been made lightly and was made after much prayer and discernment, unquote. Harold will remain in the district throughout the year until a new superintendent is named. The move comes days after the suspension of the district's entire police force, after news surfaced of the department's recent hiring of former Texas State Trooper Crimson Elizondo. Elizondo is being investigated by the Texas Department of Safety for actions inconsistent with training and department requirements that occurred over the course of her response to the deadly massacre which ended in the deaths of 19 people and two teachers. All fake. Here's a quick little piece of audio from this article. Give this a listen real quick. ISD superintendent has announced his plans to retire once a replacement is found, but angry parents want him fired immediately. CBS 11's J.D. Miles takes you inside the city council meeting tonight. How dare you attack my family? My daughter would have been a better human being than all of us combined. More than four months later, the grief and pain are still as raw as they were on the day 19 children and two teachers were shot and killed inside Robb Elementary School. Go home and hug your kids and be glad that you can because I'll be at the cemetery because that's the closest I can get to my baby. Parents of children who died gave the Uvalde School Board all the anger you would expect over the recent hiring, then firing, of a former state trooper to be a school security officer after the media exposed that she was at the school on May 24th, but like the others there, refused to enter the danger zone. Other families expressed disbelief that Superintendent Hal Harrell wants to be allowed to retire and remain on the job until his replacement is hired. I need to ask this board tonight to accept it, not 
just consider it. Make it a done deal. It's long overdue. It needed to happen. It was inevitable. 19 children, two teachers. Someone has to take responsibility for those deaths. Other speakers accused the school board of doing little to deal with ongoing security issues after the entire district police force was suspended last week. They also want to know what's being done to address the trauma that survivors, who they call the walking wounded, continue to struggle with. The children that survive have physical wounds. The children that know about their friends dying, the teachers, the parents, they have emotional and mental wounds. And I have not seen a single movement by this board to address the walking, the walking wounded. Dr. Harrell didn't speak during tonight's meeting. After the public comments, the school board retreated into a private executive session to discuss the superintendent's future. J.D. Miles, CBS 11 News. You know what's interesting about that clip? There's a number of things, but the thing that stands out to me the most is that the quote-unquote parents were more upset there recently than they were after it happened. Again, you can go back and re-listen to the older episodes where I covered this more in-depth, I guess, when it actually occurred, this entire fake thing. but. They had city council meetings and board meetings quite literally days after it occurred. And they were just going about their daily routines as if nothing had happened. The room was not filled with parents. The room was not filled with hardly anybody. They were just going through the motions. They were reapproving particular people and welcoming new people to the board and changing their seats at the dais and whatever else they were doing. That was it. That was it. That's the most upset that I've heard a fake parent be about their fake dead kid. And, I mean, the acting is terrible. They're still bad actors. But that entire town is an absolute cult. And this is the part of it that just drives me up the wall because, again... This is going to turn into a long-term Sandy hoax yarn that just gets rolled out anytime someone brings up a school shooting again, and now we've just got to deal with all this hoaxiness all over again, year after year after year. Again, one year from now, in May, May of 2023, they're going to say, this is the one-year anniversary of the Uvalde shooting. 19 people died, and it was a tragedy. And then, again, it's just more and more people are just going to believe it. They're just going to keep believing this because they don't understand the depths of these lies. It's awful. I just think the whole thing is so ridiculous, but not for the reasons that the sheep believe. You mean it's ridiculous because all those innocent kids died? I agree with you, Sean. No, that's not it. That's not it. It's that we have to just watch all of this nonsense roll out yet again. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted. Uh, The lying is exhausting. Now, speaking of odd school shootings, of course, the Nicholas Cruz trial for the Parkland shooting, quote-unquote, actually occurred. And again, as as I've said in the past, I do think that this one happened. I just can't for the life of me imagine that Nick Cruz was either the lone shooter or even a shooter. Um, Again, I don't have all of the details of the Parkland thing, and there's no way I'm going to. That's a rabbit hole that has too many ins and outs, but I do know that there's no way that what we were told by the media is what actually happened. That I am certain of. Again, revisiting that just very quickly. Um, you know, the, I, I remember footage of watching these guys in black suits, you know, black fatigues like they're police officers head to toe carrying out this giant bag and then heaving it in the back of a truck and then driving away as the shooting was taking place or right after it was, right after it took place. Um, and then, of course, some video testimony of a girl saying that she ran into Nick Cruz in the hallway and 
was joking with him about how it must have been him and she heard shots coming from two separate directions so there's no way that Nick Cruz was the only shooter something along those lines but I don't know he's been apparently sentenced to life in prison without parole uh but the prosecution has basically reminded the judge of Florida state law which states that the victims families have the right to speak one at a time to the actual verdict that has been apparently named by the jury. And uh, that's going to take some time. So, yeah, apparently that's going to happen, I think, in the next 30 days or so. Either way, it's going to be back on YouTube again, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's horrible. I really do think that people, people died there, but there were a lot of fakers there also. And I don't want to revisit the entire thing because I've got other things to cover here. But yeah, just wanted to make mention of that. The Nick Cruz thing, of course, took place. And I, I just think that whole thing. I mean, I watched pieces of the trial, so to speak, the, the sentencing hearings. It was, it was odd. A lot of it was just odd. That's about the only way I can put it. Um, okay, here's the next thing. College admissions test scores are the lowest in 30 years. This again, not surprising. This is what happens when you lie and you teach lies and then you dumb down the curriculum even more that, and you, of course, use the exact same test to enter colleges. Uh, and, of course, people just aren't passing them. So, again, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. If you're, if you're doing A and testing them on Z, there's no way that they're going to actually achieve anything. This comes from iHeart.com. Titled again, College Admissions Test Scores Fall to Lowest Levels in 30 Years. Not surprising, really, but let's get into it. It says, quote, For the fifth straight year, the average ACT college admissions test scores have declined. In 2022, the average composite score was 19.8 out of 36, down from 20.3 in 2021. It is the first time since 1991 that the score has fallen below 20 points. Now, who wants to bet that they blame the invisible pandemic? Just a hunch. Here's what it says, quote, ACT Research, which administers the college admissions exam, said that 1.3 million students from the high school graduating class of 2022 took the test, representing 36% of all high school graduates in the country. The organization noted that 22% of students met all four college readiness benchmarks in English, reading, math, and science. However, 42% did not meet a single benchmark, a 4% increase from 2021. Nevada ranked lowest in the nation with a composite score of, of I'm sorry, 17.3 while Washington, D.C. boasted a score of 26.9, the highest score in the country. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. No way. That's impossible. That's impossible. That is actually impossible. There is no way that Washington, D.C. and the students there had the highest ACT score in the country. No chance. D.C. schools are at the bottom of the list in the nation. You mean the teachers did a great job taking the test by averaging a 26.9 score? Or did they just happen to have the answer key right next to them as they were filling out the students' scantrons? Come on. It couldn't be more fraudulent. Good Lord. Last paragraph, it says, quote, this is funny. It says, quote, this is the fifth consecutive year of declines in average scores, a worrisome trend that began long before the disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic. <gasps> there it is. And has persisted, unquote. ACT CEO Janet Goodwin said in a statement, quote, the magnitude of the, de of the declines this year is particularly alarming, 
as we see rapidly growing numbers of seniors leaving high school without meeting the college readiness benchmark in any of the subjects we measure, unquote. If they're anything like me, though, when I was a senior, see, they call it senioritis. Remember that? Where you become a senior, you know you're graduating, and you just don't care anymore. You're like, whatever. And then somebody gives you a test, and you go, whatever. See, to get into college, for me, all I had to do was just take it. I didn't have to pass it. I didn't have to do any of that. Because I already, I already knew what school I was going to. I was practically already accepted having not taken it. They just wanted to make sure that I was going to take it. So I took it, and I didn't even care. But here, you have individuals taking it or not taking it because they know, again, that they're already going to graduate and they don't care. Not to mention, they don't want to go to college. That's not a bad thing. Maybe they're just doing something else starting their own business or just working another job or whatever it may be. But they take this as a bad sign, and I don't necessarily take it as a bad sign. I think that, uh, I think that there's some good avenues in this is basically what I'm saying. There, there are positives and silver linings in this. The Washington, D.C. statistic, though, that's embarrassing. No chance, Washington, D.C., 26.9 out of 36. Nonsense. Who believes that? God, again, the lying is exhausting, isn't it? It really, really is. All right, here's another one. A nice, pleasant story of a teacher with apparently a kill list of both students and teachers. What a healthy working environment. This comes from the Epoch Times, and it's titled Chicago Fifth Grade Teacher Allegedly Made Kill List of Students' Teachers. Say police. This is uh, apparently from East Chicago, Indiana. Okay, then. Not Chicago, Illinois? Uh, It says, A fifth grade teacher in East Chicago, Indiana, has been detained by police after it was discovered that she had a kill list, quote-unquote, of individuals, which included her own students and staff members. Safe to say, this is someone who has had enough. Uh, it continues, it says, Teacher Angelica Carrasquillo Torres, I'm saying that right, 25 years old, worked at St. Stanislaus School in East Chicago, the East Chicago Police Department said, in a statement published on Thursday. On October 12th, at approximately 5 p.m., law enforcement officers were called to the school due to a threatening report that had allegedly been made. Upon arrival at St. Stanislaus, officers spoke with the principal and the assistant principal of the school who claimed that Carrasquillo Torres allegedly told a fifth grade student about the list and informed them that he, she was on the bottom of that list. Well, there you go. It says that the police said that the student had originally told their student counselor about Carrasquillo Torres's list and that the fifth grader claimed the teacher had also made comments about killing herself, students, and staff at the school. According to the police, Carrasquillo Torres was immediately taken to the principal's office to discuss her alleged comments. Quote, while discussing the matter in the office, the teacher allegedly admitted to the principal that she did in fact make those statements to the student and confirmed that she did have a kill list, the statement read. Quote, during the conversation, the teacher named a specific student on her list but did not provide the list. The principal then advised the teacher to leave and not return to school pending an investigation. Wait a minute. You mean you didn't arrest her on the spot? (laughs) Doesn't it seem like that's what you should do? Ma'am, stand up. Put your hands behind your back. You have the right to remain silent. Take her downtown. You know, put her in the tank for a while. And, uh, yeah, conduct your investigation. This is a loose cannon. It says, well-being of students and staff is top priority. Of course it is. That's what you always say. It says, the East Chicago Police Department said in a statement that they were informed of the situation roughly four hours after after the teacher was allowed to leave the school and go home. Well, 
But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, students and staff safety is top priority. Uh, it says that they promptly completed a report on the issue and notified the criminal investigation division who were then able to obtain an emergency detention order for Carasquillo Torres. Uh, she was taken into custody by detectives from her home and without incident on Wednesday, police said. This is still an active investigation and no further statements will be made at this time, they added. In a separate statement on social media, St. Stanislaus School said that Carasquillo Torres had been removed from the classroom and, ex and escorted, rather, to the principal's office where she remained under supervision and had no further contact with students following the student's allegation. Quote, the teacher was interviewed to further identify the details of the incident, the school said. After students were safely dismissed at the end of the school day, the teacher was escorted off campus and the East Chicago Police Department was notified at approximately 4.45 p.m. When asked, the police assured the principal that the faculty was safe and that they could proceed normally with all scheduled learning and school events for the next school day, unquote. It then says the school added that the well-being and safety of our Catholic school students and staff is a top priority and that in response to Wednesday's incident, students will be learning via virtual lessons on Friday. Counselors have also been made available for students and staff, the school said, and then it ends with this, quote, The school is working closely with local authorities in the Diocese of Gary's school's office to ensure that St. Stanislaus students continue to have a safe and supportive environment in which they can learn, grow, and prosper, the school added, unquote. Then they said, don't worry, the next time this happens, we will wait hours before calling the police because we as a school district think that we can handle everything. Meanwhile, we sent the teacher home where she armed herself in a commando Arnold Schwarzenegger montage, loaded up, and came back to the school and shot up the entire place. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the well-being of students and staff is our top priority. For the love of God. I mean, uh, you know, where's the resource officer? Why was she not arrested immediately? Um, yeah, you get to do that. If they arrest people, ladies and gentlemen, sitting in their car minding their own business because they have quote-unquote probable cause to do so, and they detain your average citizen using discretion and a casual nature as we know police officers do, why in the hell would these individuals not get a hold of the police until hours after the fact, and then, of course, the police show up at the person's home? They should have been considered armed and dangerous. Why not just detain them in the school building and then, again, escort them out in handcuffs? I think this continues to prove my point that these individuals are not the sharpest knives in the drawer, certainly not within this school building. But we're a private Catholic school. How dare you say such a thing? The woman, I mean, look, the woman could have had guns in her car. She could have had guns in her car. She could have gone out to her car and said, okay, I'll go home. You don't want me here anymore. That's fine. She pops the trunk again, suits up like Rambo, returns and blows the place away. That could have happened. Could have easily happened. Who would have been blamed in that scenario? Would have been another school shooting. Of course, people would have questioned it and uh, the nightmare of going through all of that all over again. But man, alive, just call the cops. Just call the cops. This person has a kill list. They just admitted it to us. Arrest them. Do not let them out of your sight. Do whatever you have to do to get a search warrant to search their home, detain them, put them in jail. They're a danger to themselves and other people. They can detain them because they're a suicide risk. This individual claimed that they were going to kill themselves and other people. Well, you can detain them because they're a suicide risk. Not so in this case, apparently. Apparently not so in this case. Okay. Talk about dodging a bullet there. I think they really did. Uh, here's the next one. This comes, you know, this is interesting. This one, <laughs> this one was interesting. And again, it continues to show that uh, 
the quote-unquote controllers don't like being challenged, and the one thing that they detest most are facts, researched facts, or accurate history, and a variety of other things. But uh, take this for what you'd like. This comes from vdare.com, and it is titled, Tenured Professor Fired for His Breakthrough Race IQ Study. It says the following here. Uh, again, this is interesting. And just to open the door on this, it was a number of years ago. I could have been in graduate school when I first came across this. And I believe this individual ended up going to jail, uh, if I'm not mistaken. They were an academic. I want to say Sweden. I could be wrong on the country, but I'm certain it was, it was Europe, Europe-ish. It was across the pond. And they had done a uh, anthropologic, if that's a word, study, again, very similar to this, where they went back in time with different races of individuals or uh, lineages and where they came from, and it had to do, again, with what they produce, what, what these different races pr were able to basically create over the course of time. Uh, and anyway, long story short, if I'm getting that correct, they ended up in jail as a result. So, yeah. That, that right there, you know, research the truth, you arrive at solid conclusions, as you even heard in that article that I read last week when it came to females in academia, that the thing that they're threatened by the most are the conclusions of sound research that counter their belief system, and that when that happens, they, they lose their minds. Cognitive dissonance sets in, they start screaming and shouting, and then all of a sudden you're out of a job or you're in jail, depending on the country you're in. Anywho, it says the following, quote, Shameful, a tenured professor has been fired for publishing the landmark 2019 study, quote, Global Ancestry and Cognitive Ability, demonstrating a linkage between, uh, sorry, unquote, that's the end of the title, and then it says, demonstrating a linkage between intelligence and racial admixture as, a, as measured by DNA. This finding was replicated with a different database in 2021, a second admixture study uh, that I described in some detail here. There's a link if you want to familiarize yourself with the science. The Chronicle of Higher Education exults in this scandalous desecration of academic freedom. It says the following, Racial pseudoscience on the faculty. A professor's research flew under the radar for years. What finally got him fired? Question mark From Alex Williamson for The Chronicle. This was on October 13th. It says, Liam O'Brien was a master's student in political science at Cleveland State University in 2019 when a screenshot from a new article titled Global Ancestry and Cognitive Ability crawled across his Twitter feed. To the untrained eye, the abstract was highly technical. Quote, using the ancestry-adjusted association between MTAG and EDUPGS and G from the monoracial African-American sample as an estimate of the transracial unbiased validity of EDUPGS B equals 0.124. Quote, the authors wrote, the results suggest that as much as 20 to 25 percent of the race difference in G can be naively explained by known cognitive ability related variants, unquote. It says the argument dressed up in that statistical jar the argument dressed up in that statistical jargon question mark that black people are genetically disposed to be less intelligent than white people. O'Brien was disturbed to see that debunked racial hierarchy arguments popular in the late 19th and early 20th century had a toehold in modern academe. Scientifically res uh, rigorous research argued that intelligence is inherently, it is inherently in itself controversial. Well, I got to tell you something. First of all, this guy who's writing this is just loaded with typos. This entire thing is loaded with them. Anyway, uh, it continues here. It says, is itself controversial, but few geneticists take seriously the claim that intelligence is racially linked. 
His dismay turned to outrage when he discovered that one of the authors, Brian J. Pesta, was a tenured professor in Cleveland State's business school. O'Brien's home institution was essentially providing a soapbox for racist pseudoscience. Okay. He said, uh, quote, He had a history of political activism, so he did what came naturally, talking to students and professors about Pesta's article and trying to get him censured. Unquote. And then there's a comment from someone based on that article. And it says, his name is even O'Brien. Hey, professor, how many fingers am I holding up? Quote, the object of persecution is persecution. The object of torture is torture. The object of power is power. Now you begin to understand me, unquote. This article continues, however, the Chronicle article is done with, but the main body of this article continues. It says, the lengthy Chronicle article doesn't even attempt to refute Dr. Pesta's scientific advance other than by calling it names. How did the college get away with violating the academic freedom written into the professor's contract? The cited justifications were trivial missteps dug up by a lengthy investigation. A comrade Berea, head of Stalin's secret police, said, quote, show me the man and I'll find you his crime, unquote. For some reason, the intellectual ditch the establishment has chosen to die in is that there can't possibly be any genetic influence on the IQ difference between whites and blacks in America. I don't really grasp the reason for the fanaticism on this position. After all, it continues, it says, Ever since I was a child a half century ago, it's been obvious to me that there are genetic differences among the races in sports performance that say the best black football running back, like O.J. Simpson, who I saw rush for 239 yards at the Coliseum in 1968, tend to be faster than the best white football running backs, and that those sports differences can't possibly be wholly explained away by culture or environment. It says the genetic differences cause some of the racial differences seen in sports does not prove that genetic differences cause some of the racial differences seen in practically every measure of cognitive performance known to the sciences. But the sports example does open up the possibility that something similar could be true with cognition. And because we are living in an era of rapidly improving DNA testing, it's highly possible that the sizable amount of data needed to chase down loose ends and come to a fairly confident conclusion on the race gene's IQ might not be far off. So you might think that well-intentioned intellectuals might be devoting some thought to thinking through how we can come to live with the accumulating evidence. After all, we live with what we see on ESPN every day without it being the end of the world. Instead, they are doubling down on this empirical question and taking horrible steps to silence dissent, unquote. Yeah, I think the original article came from UNZ.com. This right here, again, I think proves an even bigger point. It very well could be sound science. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't read the article myself and I'm not discounting it. What I think it also does, of course, very clearly, is it shows again and approves the earlier work of Corey Clark and Bo Weingard from that article again that I read last week, that this right here is what happens when your belief system is threatened by potentially a fact or another way of thinking. I'll even put it that way. Just another way of thinking, another way of examining something. And yeah, again, they were right. Academic freedom does exist, and an individual does have academic freedom to research whatever they like. One of the steps that occurs during higher education, typically, is they'll ask the individual, what is it that you're interested in, in researching? What's your research agenda, they'll say. And again, they, they want you to be able to gauge what it is that is important to you and how that might be able to give back to the people around them. It's possible that, again, something like this wasn't brought up in an interview, but it wouldn't matter. You still have academic freedom to investigate whatever you'd like. And again, if you come to sound conclusions, so be it. But yeah, it, it, 
It doesn't cross, it wouldn't cross my mind if I were in higher education, which I'm not, to read other colleagues' work and then make determinations or judgments on their articles or the conclusions they reached. I just don't care. I wouldn't care. Oh, you wrote something? Great. Good for you. Don't care. That would be my approach. Not so with the left. Not so with the left. They're always, I mean, they're Bolsheviks. They're always looking for something to use against you. And they're always investigating some particular thing that they can blackmail you with or hang over your head. And then, of course, do exactly what they did here, which is run the person off and ultimately just fire them. So, I don't know. This seems like a massive lawsuit if I was this uh, PESTA professor and, and researcher. No doubt about it. It sounds to me like Dr. PESTA's got himself a massive, massive lawsuit coming. So there you have it. Rather uh, interesting, I thought, and wanted to bring that to your attention. Okay. On to jab stuff, uh, and then some election stuff, and then I'm going to wrap this up. First of all, this came across my way on one of the anonymous boards from last week, and I wanted to mention it here. A person was commenting on a pop-up COVID test tent, apparently, that showed up around where they live. And they said they've never seen this COVID test tent before, and it seemed suspicious to them. So they drove up and asked a few questions. And they basically asked if they were a part of the CDC. Uh, they, they claimed that they were. And then in this anonymous post, they basically said uh, that they were giving out these, these COVID tests for free. But they didn't know where the results were going or anything else that was happening. So what they ended up doing was is actually calling the CDC. Not that, of course, the CDC would tell the truth on anything, but apparently they did in this case. And, uh, and it turns out that the CDC said, no, we don't have a tent set up there. That's not our tent. At which point, apparently, this individual returned to that tent and told them, that they contacted the CDC and that they were not a CDC authorized COVID testing tent. Again, not that any of it matters because it's all fraudulent. So it's fraud on top of fraud, which I find interesting. Uh, and then they immediately packed up their stuff and left. The person said that they stood there and watched them take down their tent and throw all the stuff in the van and then they drove away. So, yeah, weird stuff. Weird stuff to say the least. Uh, keep your eyes out for those, I don't know. COVID pop-up tents. Where I live, they've got vans, basically, or buses. Equally as ridiculous, but uh, there you go. Okay. This next one comes from the Gateway Pundit. Just going to read the title here. Butler Bulldogs Jalen Thomas out indefinitely due to blood clot in the lungs. Interesting. Wonder what from. I wonder what from. Thomas spent three years at Georgia State before transferring to Butler prior to the 2022-23 season, despite only playing for the Panthers for three years. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And there you go. A full recovery is expected, it says. I bet. I bet. There is no full recovery from something like this. There, there just isn't. Goes on to describe a pulmonary embolism. No. Nah. He's finished. That's the end of that. No more basketball for him. Okay. Sorry to be a downer on that one, but this is happening constantly. As a matter of fact, there was yet another school, um, I want to say Kentucky this time around, that decided to, a high school that decided to close down its entire season because of, uh, you know, jabs. So let me read this real quick. This comes from Fox5Vegas.com. High school cancels rest of football season due to lack of healthy players. This is not the same uh, story that I read from Michigan last week. This is from Bellevue, Kentucky. A high school near, I'm sorry, it says, quote, a high school in Kentucky says it's canceling the rest of its football season for its varsity team. On Tuesday, the high school athletic director, Jim Hicks, announced that the school made the decision because the team has a limited number of healthy players. Hmm. Wonder why. It says that the safety of the players at Bellevue High School 
is their number one priority. Why is it that they always say this? Why? Why is it that they always say this? All of the time. If the television told them that putting a gun in their mouth and pulling the trigger was a safe and effective way to prevent illness, and then people started doing it and dying, they would still say, the safety of our players is our number one priority. The safety of our students is our number one priority. What is wrong with these people? They are deranged, all of them. They're going to keep saying this. And again, I'm going to revisit this one very quickly. You've heard me say again that in the future, and I can, I can sense it's coming, in the future here, probably in the next six months, you're going to start seeing more and more parents and even students who are awake to these jabs show up and talk in school board meetings and yell at the top of their lungs about their jabbed or dead friends who are dead from the jabs and family members and so on and so forth to these school board members. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, the school board members themselves are going to use this very line again and again as their excuse. Ladies and gentlemen, we just, we always have the safety and well-being of our students in mind. We would never put them in harm's way knowingly or otherwise. That doesn't remove the reality of the situation. That these people are just stupid. And politically, these school board members are going to be finished. They will be finished. That's a suicide weekend for you right there. If they come to grips, actually come to grips with the fact that they were suggesting these bioweapons and that everybody take them. And then, of course, I might add this, you know that they're going to use themselves taking it as the excuse for why they were suggesting it. Well, if they're so dangerous uh, and they've hurt people, we're so sorry, but don't worry, I took it also. So I hope nothing happens to anybody else, and you know you can hope in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. They're going to say this. They're going to rationalize away their, in, their entire participation in all of this. The, this article here wraps up, and it again references the uh, Oak Moss, if I'm saying that right, Oak Moss High School in Michigan. And then, of course, the Nebraska-Lincoln Northwest High School in September, which I believe I brought up both of those schools previously. Uh, this is happening all over the nation. It's not just three school districts in three separate states. This is happening everywhere. Everywhere. It's just being buried. It's being hidden constantly, and it's being buried. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay, moving on. Here's another one from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, again, not a huge fan of theirs, but you know they've, they've got some decent headlines and some decent stories here. Uh, this one, again, has to do with Paxlovid, and wouldn't you know it, it doesn't do anything except hurt people. It's titled, quote, It's not just the mRNA vaccines. New study shows Pfizer's Paxlovid pill can cause deadly blood clots. Hmm. A new study warned that Pfizer's Paxlovid COVID-19 pill can have a harmful interactions with common medications used to treat cardiovascular disease. As even the Gateway Pundit reported in 2021, Pfizer's Paxlovid, which contains the drugs, not going to pronounce that, nor that, uh, can interact with several other drugs routinely used to treat cardiovascular disease, according to a study published in the Journal of American College of cardiology on Wednesday. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking that Pfizer would create yet another drug that would kill people. Okay, well, you know, that's that. Uh, two, more, two more things here, jab-related, that I, that I wanted to mention. First, <clears throat> this was one of the things, excuse me, that Project Veritas brought up that I thought was a very good thing. And then they you know, they, they sort of used this woman and then, and then, I don't know, threw her to the side. And too bad, because they could have had more in-depth conversations with this particular individual. And fortunately, 
this individual has gone their own way now uh, and has apparently created a slight film or documentary or is doing so here in the near future, if not this week. Don't quote me on that, but uh, it's Brooks, Brooke Jackson is her name. And the, her website is IamBrookeJackson.com, B-R-O-O-K-E. This was the Pfizer whistleblower who was working in a Pfizer plant and, again, was fired for what she uncovered about their lax testing and uh, their procedures and so on and so forth. This individual has a target on their back, but this person should be applauded and protected as well. So if you're interested in checking her out and what she's doing, and again, I think there's going to be some kind of a documentary coming up with her shortly that she has put together or people around her have put together, the website is IamBrookeJackson.com. All right. Ivermectin, quick Ivermectin story. First of all, I I put this uh, website up on my Gab account. And I want to revisit it here because there was an interesting comment, of course, that came with it. And then I even had a family member, um, my mom, as a matter of fact, order from this website. And I got to tell you, the ivermectin showed up super fast. So here's the website. The website is ivermectin.com. Pretty simple. uh, Slash order. And uh, germ-proof is what they also send with the ivermectin. Now, here's the way that this order operation works. I will also include this in the description below, by the way, the direct link to this. It gets shipped, again, in the United States. It's from the United States, makes its way here uh, from North Carolina, if memory serves. And you can choose the amount and the milligram. Now, again, why would you need ivermectin? Well, it's pretty simple. Ivermectin is an anti-inflammatory. Now, I put this out on Gab, and some numbskull replied and was like, whatever, stop being fat and lazy and just take vitamins and exercise, and you won't need pharmaceutical drugs. Well, thank you for that in-depth analysis, you moron. Some of us have family members who have taken the jabs and are getting ill on a constant basis. I know I'm not the only one in that regard who has family members where that's the case. I'm, I'm sure that you know people too. The point is, is that for, again, it's about $195 total. It ships super quick. You, you pick, again, the cheapest uh, shipping option that's available. And I particularly picked the 12 milligram, 100 amount uh, dose here. So they send you 100 ivermectin pills, 12 milligrams apiece, along with this germ-proof spray stuff that I believe has silver in it, which is a good thing. Not that germs are real, but you get what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, it just shows up quick. It's professionally packaged. It shows up in a little uh, you know, foamy bag. And it's just fantastic is my point. So it has the package insert, the whole thing. Even the website, as you scroll down, uh, down toward the bottom, make sure that you read every single word because what it tells you is, is when you fill out your information on the website, what they will do is, is they'll send you an email confirming it. You confirm the email clearly through your email. It sends you back to the page then where you select your amount. What it will show you once you do that is it will show you a $300 amount that you'll pay. But that's not accurate. So what they tell you in the fine print, which you should read, is it says you need to click off of the, I think it's like 50 pill amount that they automatically just toss on top of the 112 milligrams that you want, which is why the total comes to 300. So just like, uh, you know, if you if you make a a purchase or you save something in like an Amazon, you know, in your Amazon cart, for example and you just want to buy one item, it'll show you the other items that you have saved in there and assume that you want to buy all those items at the same time. You're basically deleting the stuff that you don't want and just ordering the thing you want. I know that sounds confusing, at least it does in my head, but uh, you'll figure it out. It's, It's pretty simple. So you're basically just deleting the added on amount that they they add on by themselves, essentially. Anywho, As you continue to scroll down, it'll even show you 
images, uh, which you can easily take screenshots of or just click and drag it onto a computer, of the weight distribution when it comes to taking ivermectin, which is a good thing. It's done in kilograms, but it's also done in pounds on the left-hand side, and then the amount of milligrams, uh, and then what's considered a daily dose. So there you have it. For example, if you're between, uh, on this chart, 151 to 170 pounds, then uh, it's suggesting five tablets of 15 milligrams a piece. But again, these are 12 milligram doses, and there you go. Just wanted to make that resource available. Sorry for the rant and the ramble there, rather. But uh, yeah, it's the, it's the fastest, cheapest ivermectin that I've been able to find. Uh, America's Frontline Doctors doesn't have shit on this website. They really don't. Um, AFLDS, when they were doing what they were doing, it was astronomical in price compared to this. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And again, I'll link it in the description below. Okay, election stuff. A quick recommendation here. I want to read this very brief article from the National Pulse, again, on Dominion voting machines. And then I recommend that everybody get on your state and county Secretary of State website, whatever it is, and then you pick your county and then you might have to type in your name and, and your address and then they send you or they show you a practice ballot of what it is regarding all of the issues and all of the people and the judges and whatever else that are that are running for office here. Now is the time to do your research on these people. Figure out what they, you know, where they stand on particular issues. Yes, I understand it's all corrupt. I fully get it. They're politicians. I don't like them either. But we have to vote and we have to figure out who these people are. And if that even means voting for the lesser of two evils, well, then that's what we have to do. And of course, we have to vote against school levies. That's, that's a must. But this comes from the National Pulse and it is titled Election Integrity Experts Identify Privacy Flaw Afflicting. Sorry, there we go pop-up windows, afflicting all ICPICE Dominion voting systems across 21 states. It says, quote, Alex Halderman, professor of computer science and engineering at the University of Michigan, claims to have identified a critical privacy flaw in the election infrastructure sold by Dominion voting machines in the United States. Halderman, a nonpartisan analyst whose work has been cited by both left and right-wing news sources, shared the website dvsorter.org on his social media channels on Friday. Uh, DV Sorter is a privacy flaw that affects Dominion Voting Machines, ImageCast Precinct ICP, and ImageCast Evolution ICE ballot scanners, which are used in parts of 21 states. Under some circumstances, it says the flaw could allow members of the public to identify other people's ballots and learn how they voted. The states potentially affected are California, Alaska, Minnesota, Arizona, New Mexico, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania, as well as the territory of Puerto Rico. Uh, can this flip the votes, it says. The research, researchers explain this vulnerability is a privacy flaw and cannot directly modify results or change votes. Nevertheless, the secret ballot is an important security mechanism, and some voters, especially the most vulnerable in society, may face real or perceived threats of coercion unless the privacy of their vote is strongly protected. Many jurisdictions publish data from individuals' voted ballots, such as cast vote records, the votes from each ballot, or ballot images, scans of each ballot. This data is usually supposed to be randomly shuffled to protect voters' privacy. The DV sorter vulnerability makes it possible to unshuffle the ballots and learn the order they were cast. This sometimes makes it possible to determine how specific individuals voted. And it describes more about the flaw. How will it affect midterms? It says at the bottom, yes, the flaw does have the potential to affect the midterm elections, according to Halderman and his team. Quote, completely mitigating these risks will require Dominion to change the ICP and ICE firmware 
to use a secure method of generating ballot IDs. The U.S. Election Assistance Commission, EAC, has informed us that Dominion plans to correct the flaw in future firmware versions. However, our understanding is that no patches will be available until after the November election, at least for federally certified versions of Dominion systems. Well, there you go. Election officials should contact Dominion for further information and to inquire as to a patch availability. You can read more at dvsorter.com, D-V-S-O-R-D-E-R.com. Uh, can we please have a paper ballot? Can we please have a paper ballot? Can we please have people in fatigues counting the ballots? Can we do that? Can that be a thing? Can we have military counting the ballots? When are we going to get to that stage? Honestly, these lefty goofballs, you walk up to the table, what's your name? And you tell them, and then they go, Republican or Democrat? And then you have to tell them, and they're all staring at you, and they're all listening, and then you walk over like a goon to a Dominion machine like I do, and then you press the stupid buttons thinking you're doing something when you're probably not. It's just awful. Absolutely awful. Again, the Dominion people have got to go to jail. They have to. They know exactly what these machines are for. They know exactly what they're doing. They don't connect to the internet. Yeah, they do. It's been proven. They have IP addresses. They have Bluetooth. Well, that's not for, that's not to manipulate anything. That's, uh, it's been deactivated. It's been turned off. Stop it. Stop it. If they're screaming and they're yelling about their systems not being fraudulent, then they're fraudulent. The old switcheroo, as it were. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a big week and big coming weeks. I'm certain of it. Uh, Stay tuned, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless.